We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast with Alex Golden and Michael Focci. Ball loose. Stevenson for three. Give me one, Lance. Stevenson ties it with 1.6. Duarte, he knows where the clock is, lets it fly and hits again. Halliburton at the buzzer. Captain Kush with another one. Brogdon goes inside and Turner finishes. Halliburton leaves it off for Batase. Go, go. Good job. Oh, what a move by Heald. He lays it in. Heald. Hotter than fish grease. Drops it off to Jalen Smith with the poster. Jackson the catch. Jackson the basket. Washington again. Five of them. Pacers got the steal. Outrunning is Brissette. Pounds it home. It to Taylor. Taylor missed it. Tips it in. Warren lets it fly. Yes! T.J. Warren is not human. Halliburton going to slam it at the other end. What's going on, Pacer Nation? Welcome to another episode here of Setting the Pace. We have a very special guest today. And when it comes to knowing how to evaluate prospects, you know, draft positions, NBA team needs, and forecasting, I'm telling you guys, look no further than our guest today. It's the one and only Rashad Phillips. Rashad, thanks so much for joining us, man. Alex, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, before we kick things off here, talking about the NBA draft, I want you to kind of let people just kind of know a little bit more about you and your path to becoming such a great evaluator of talent. Well, for me, just, you know, being a former player, you know, being a coach's son all my life, uh, growing up around the game, around the great players of the Detroit area, like Chris Weber and Derek Coleman and Jalen Rose, and the list goes on and on, Steve Smith. You know, uh, I've, I've been able to really um, understand the game of basketball um, from inside out, from objectively and subjectively. Um, grew up to be a great player, high school All-American, college All-American. Um, was fortunate enough to play overseas for eight years and train kids after that and kind of build my own, um, you know, media company with Sports Talk 2319. And just over time, just been able to um, established myself in this industry of evaluating and locating prospects and helping NBA teams um, target the right players um, to draft year after year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you guys should go check that out. Rashad's got a great NBA prospects uh, draft report on there. 
for sale. So make sure you guys go to 20 sports talk, 2319.com to purchase that as we are getting ready for the NBA draft here in just two weeks, basically. So let's get into it here. The Indiana Pacers have the sixth overall pick and this is the Pacers podcast. So there's a lot of anticipation on what the Pacers should do here um, and what players could be available there. So I guess we can just start off with that position. I mean, let's just look at some of the players that are in that range who is the first person that comes to mind when you look at pick number six that makes a ton of sense for the Pacers? Well, you know, anytime you're you're, you're drafting, you know, in the, in the lottery, you have a chance to to really find a, a player that could uplift your franchise. And um, and I believe looking at the roster of the Pacers, you know, let's kind of break down the roster first before yeah. we go into what player they should draft. So I, when I'm looking at the team on paper, obviously. A, 25 and 57 was a record, not really a good record. Um, but there's some really good pieces on this team. You got Halliburton, Tyrese Halliburton, who was a, a really good traditional guard. Um, Chris Duarte, who was a fantastic pick, um, you know, a, a couple seasons ago, um, a great shooting guard. You got Malcolm Brogdon, who is a combo guard. And I really love the addition of um, acquiring Jalen Smith from Phoenix to hybrid post, I think he can really do some um, some damage as well. You got Miles Turner, Isaiah Jackson, Buddy Hill, TJ Warren, and Ricky Rubio, and the list goes on and on. So when you're looking at that roster, you're trying to find what does that roster need when you look at that just on paper. Mm-hmm. And now you get to the sixth pick and you start to look at what player can help uplift the rest of this roster. And when I ask myself that question, my number one pick for the Indiana Pacers um, at that sixth slot would be none other than uh, Benedict Mactherin from Arizona. I, I believe the Pacers are lacking a, a, a wing. They're lacking a glue guy, a Swiss army knife type of player. And Benedict brings that um, to the table immediately. So I, I think that's where the, the direction the Indiana Pacers to go with that sixth pick. Okay, so I, w- I just want to go back and talk about this roster a little bit. Obviously, Jalen Smith is a free agent. And yeah. because the Suns, you know, declined his option for his third year when he was traded to the Pacers, that put a cap limit on how much they can, you know, sign him to in free agency. So I think they're capped at like $5.7 million. So there's yeah. a lot of speculation. He won't be there on the roster. Same with Malcolm Brogdon. It feels like he is a likely candidate to be traded. So yeah. If either of those guys aren't on the roster, is Benedict Matherin still that name that you think makes the most sense, seeing how the rest of the roster yeah. is shaped out? Yeah, I, I do. I, I mean, obviously, you know, you can dig into the roster, and, and there's some big salaries on there with Malcolm Brogdon do 21 million, Buddy Hill 22 million, Rubio 17 million. But again, even when if you you don't bring Jalen Smith back and Malcolm Brogdon is in the trade rumors or whatever, you still lack. Uh, a wing and I believe Benedict is the guy that you 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 look to bring to the table because here's a player that doesn't need the ball a lot to score um, he kind of gets it within the flow and then you have a, a, a traditional guard like Halliburton who is a table setter so um, I think that's a perfect match you got Duarte who's a, a, a great uh, catch and shoot player and Buddy Hield as well so I, I just think that this is the type of player that you look for to fill that that void that you're missing on the roster, regardless of um, having Jalen Smith or Malcolm Brogdon. You still got to fill that wing void. 
And you referred to Matherin as a Swiss Army knife. Um, we know he shot the ball well in college over two seasons, and he really took a step forward this year, kind of being a primary playmaker for them to a certain degree. Uh, they had a really good roster in Arizona, the best, one of the best teams in the uh, in entire NCAA. So, what about his game aside from you know the athleticism and that kind of stuff? Yeah. Does he bring to the table that people might not know that much about? I think he gives you a, a you know on the defensive side of the ball as well. I, I think he can turn into a guy that could. You know, I don't want to I don't like using the word defensive stopper in the NBA because they don't really stop anybody. But <laughs> he could be the guy that makes it difficult for the opposing team's best players, um, you know, night in and night out. I, I, he can guard um, the point guards. He can guard the hybrids. He can guard the dual forwards. Um, um, he's a really good rebounder, good athlete. So I, I look at him as a player that gives you just as much uh, productivity on the defensive side of the ball as well on the offense. And the Pacers definitely need to address the defensive side of things because they have been abysmal the last couple of years with their defense. And I think that was part of the reason why they decided to move off of DeMontis Sabonis at the trade deadline to try and get out of that twin tower pairing of him and Miles Turner. And so, you know, a, a very popular name here in Indiana is Jaden Ivey. It's pretty clear he won't be there at six. But let's just say, for example, the Pacers were to be aggressive and try to trade up for a Jaden Ivey. Do you think Jaden Ivey is a better fit for this team than Benedict Matherin, or do you still think Matherin is the better prospect fit-wise for what this team needs? Yeah, obviously Jaden Ivey is, is uh, you know, he's box office, right? He's exciting. He's terrific in transition. Um, and he's familiar, you know, play, you know playing there and um, in Indiana. But I, I still think that Benedict is the better fit. Mm -hmm. um, but to... To your point, uh, if the Pacers are looking to move off of Malcolm Brogdon, then you replace him with the hybrid guard uh, like Jaden Ivey. I still think that's a really good fit as well. So mm -hmm. um, if the Indiana Pacers are looking to be aggressive, Jaden Ivey would be the player that I would try to be aggressive for to get. So that that actually makes sense if they go in that direction. Yeah, I think a lot of fans are excited about the potential that they could do that or the, the possibility they could do that. but it seems very far-stretched to, to feel like another deal with the Kings would happen just because we just had a blockbuster deal with the Kings in February. But sitting here at six, you know, there's other names that could be there on the board. Obviously, Benedict Matherin is all over the place when you look at NBA big boards and mock drafts. I think most of the time we don't usually see him at six. I've seen him more in that eight to ten range. But another guy that comes up a lot is Shaden Sharp. I don't know if you've been able to watch many, much of his high school game, but what are your thoughts on him as a prospect? And do you like, you know, the size, the, the wingspan? Yeah. Do you like what he can bring to the table? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think any of us have seen a lot of Shaden Sharp. Yeah. You know? I don't think it's just me, but, yeah. uh, you know, when I look at Shaden, obviously he's a, a, a ultra athlete, you know, can, can knock down shots. Um, he can elevate over people and that's what the NBA is about. I think he's a, He's a bigger version um, of Jalen Green. I think he can be that, um, very explosive, um, can get out in transition and and and, and really be exciting. Um, I, I like I like the pop in this game. I really do. Um, but there's there's question marks, right? We we haven't seen enough. We don't really know. There's so there's that, you know, that that feeling of uncertainty. What what is he truly going to bring? We're all kind of trying to uh, forecast. Um, what he'll be but he's the he's the 
the mystery box in this entire draft. So I don't know if the Pacers want to use their sixth pick on a mystery type of box. You know, you never know what you're going to get with that. So, um, but I, I really like the kid's ability. Um, and I, I think he will find his niche at the NBA level given time. Yeah, he's he's definitely a high risk, high reward guy. And I feel like if I was the Pacers, I mean, just the, their inability to attract such a, tra- you know, name, bigger names in free agency. This is why I would almost be willing to take a risk, because if you hit on somebody that could be, you know, a superstar in the league or a star in the league. Yeah. Then, you know, you got him for at least, you know, the first four years of his rookie deal, plus that extension. So you're talking around seven years, potentially, you could have with this player before he decides to move on and, and unrestricted free agency. So that's kind of why I'm intrigued by that. I'm very intrigued by Benedict Mathurin too. I feel like he just is a Pacers type of player. If someone with that same, you know, upside, similar to Sharp, maybe not as high of a ceiling, but uh, you, at least you have something to go off of in terms of watching some footage. Seems like, uh, you know, who he's got talking to him in his, in his ear makes a little bit more uh, sense because it feels like the way Sharp's handled things has not been the best. So, there's that knock on him as well, and it kind of feels like he's trying to dictate where he might go. So I'm, I'm just curious about that. But I, I do want to transition here now to two prospects the Pacers have coming in this week that we know of on Monday and on Tuesday. They've got A.J. Griffin from Duke and Johnny Davis from Wisconsin. What do you like about these two prospects? Man, uh, I mean, I, I like I like both of them, especially, you know, Johnny Davis, what he, what he brings to the table, obviously one of the – the, the better scores in, in all of the Big Ten and all of the country last year. I mean, he <clears throat> when you're looking <laughs> offense sales, right? And and this this kid can get his own shot. He can score in space. He's a he's a a, a great tough shot maker. Um, I love his motor and he just plays with 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 toughness. Um, and, and when you talk about Griffin, you know, watching him, you know, his ability to play with other great players and still and still show on film that he belongs. Um, I, I, I like his style of play as well. Physical, um, tough, um, could really defend. And, and uh, like you said before, Indiana needs a defensive type of player. I think I think Griffin can bring that to the table. Um, it should be a really good um, workout with both of those guys. I, I believe they'll be very impressed with watching both of them. Um, great choices to have. I mean, picking at six, you're going to come out of here with a really good player regardless. Um, So those two guys definitely fit the bill. Yeah, I think six is an interesting spot because I'm not sure what the top five is going to be. It feels like it's going to be, you know, Holmgren, Boncaro, and Jabari Smith in the top three, and then everybody's talking about Jaden Ivey four, and then the the most recent rumblings is Keegan Murray going at five to Detroit. So I think that's where everything kind of starts is with Indiana at six. Like, who do they pick? And what player does makes the most sense for what they're going to do? Like we've already talked about Matherin. They had Dyson Daniels in on Friday as well. This is a kid that continues to rise up the, up the NBA big boards and mock drafts. So I'm just really curious to see what they do, because there's a lot of talk about Indiana, maybe wanting to trade back into the first round. Maybe it's the late lottery. Maybe it's the middle of the first round, but there are some prospects here, but is there any prospects that you just feel like are stay away from you in this range? You just wouldn't want to, take at six you feel like it's a little bit too high yeah I mean I, I've been hearing the rumblings of Dyson Daniels and I think he's a really really good player um you know I, I've gotten word you know from 
some of my friends in Australia that they're kind of like the, the the ball family of Australia. Like the, the the brothers are all great athletes, the mom and dad, you know. I don't I don't think he fits the six fit with the Indiana Pacers, but I do think he's a really, really good player. Mm-hmm. Um so I I, that will be a reach for me to to pick a player like that at six. But again, I, I think that with Matherin and, you know, a couple of other players that we talked about are already in range. So this is one of those picks where you, you don't, you don't need to overthink this one, like find out the player that you want, find the player that fits your system and you go with that, make your decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's where it's interesting. I, I love the Pacers future now compared to where it was just last offseason because had a lot of contracts full of or a lot of guys on the roster full of contracts that and are also injury prone guys so Karis Levert, Malcolm Brogdon, TJ Warren he's a free agent um, and, and Turner's been injury prone the last couple of years too it feels like so I'm just kind of curious to see what direction they we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, and we, we look at last year's draft. I don't know um, how much you are familiar with Isaiah Jackson and, and Chris Duarte. I know you talked about him a little bit, but what do you think those two guys can bring to this young Pacers school? Well, I think Isaiah Jackson is is an interesting prospect. Uh, he's a hybrid post. He's a very athletic, wiry, great shot blocker, and he kind of picked it up as the season's end. But uh, you know, I you know a Michigan kid from from Pontiac, Michigan, so I've been able to kind of watching with my own eyes over the years. I, I think he's a great addition. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he's one of those players that can come in in the second unit and just really give productivity from a, a defensive anchor standpoint. He can guard multiple positions. 
Um, he's a great athlete and he's a better shooter than what people give him. So I, I really like him. And Duarte has already proven to people what he is. He's a he's an efficient knockdown shooter. He plays well off of Halliburton. And um, I, I kind of like that duo. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to, to pair Duarte, Matherin and Halliburton together because, you know, you need someone that's a little bit more athletic that can get to the free throw line because Halliburton's not that guy. Duarte's not that guy. I don't really think they have anybody on the roster that just actively looks for free throws. I mean, I think they're for a little bit O'Shea Brissett was doing that, but, you know, that might be asking O'Shea to do a little bit too much. And yeah. here at pick six, you really need someone that can put some pressure on the defense by getting to the cup. And they really haven't had that since Victor Oladipo was healthy in 2017-18. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to continue to talk about the same person, but I just feel like Benedict Matherin is probably – the best case scenario here for the Pacers because of that upside of him getting to the rim, that uber athleticism, like we saw that dunk that he had against TCU in the NCAA tournament. This is just um, so a, a glimpse of what he can become. And I feel like his story is so fascinating as well, where he came from, how he's just rose as a prospect. I think he just makes way too much sense to me. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. And I, I think, even outside of the sixth pick, you guys have the 31st pick, and that's an mm-hmm. interesting draft choice as well because there's a couple of players that I believe that will be there at 31 that have first-round material. So okay, um, that 31st pick is very important as well. well. Yeah, well, let's talk about that 31st pick then because I, I'm curious. Uh, it's so fascinating because I don't know if you've even noticed this or not, but that 31st pick has been traded like – I think it's been around since since there's been 30 teams in the NBA. That 31st pick has been traded like 11 of the 18 years. So it's a you know it's constantly getting traded. But I'm curious though, who are some of the names that you like with that 31st pick right there for the Pacers? I would I would definitely go for Londis Williams from Wake Forest. I mean, he's a terrific combo guard. Um, he finished second in the ACC in scoring and first in assists. I believe Alondis Williams is the best passer in this draft, and nobody really knows about it mm-hmm. um, because of his style of play and his and his body frame. But he is every bit of a first round pick to me. So if you can get a guy like Alondis Williams at thirty one, um, another playmaking, slashing, athletic score, uh, I think you hit the. I think you can you you hit the, the a home run with with taking Alondis Williams at thirty one. That's fascinating because I, I really haven't heard much about Alondis Williams uh, at that range. I, I'm not sure exactly where I've seen him fall, but if they drafted Matherin, would getting another guard make a lot of sense, or, or do you think the Pacers need to address maybe that front court a little bit? Yeah, this is not a this is not a post draft though. Like, there's not a lot of bigs that will be left in the second round that could really help. Um, you this this the NBA is about um, explosion. It's about offense. Right. And um, at the end of the day, you got to find the guys that can provide that. Um, and with, with Miles Turner and Isaiah Jackson, you really have your, your, your two, you know, bigs that can, you know, shut the lane down. Um, I, I would look to add Alondis Williams um, with that 31st pick. Or I like Wendell Moore as well from Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, another small forward, 41% from three, um, average 13 points, led Duke in assists. He was third in rebounds with 5.3. So you get another good productive um, wing um, and, and, and that kind of helps your team as well. But this is just not a, a, a post 
player draft. So there's no yeah. way I would be whiffing at 31 <laughs> trying to find a big guy when I can get a dynamic player. I got you. And that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I I know the Pacers did have David Roddy in to have a workout. Yeah. What yeah. do you think about him out of Colorado State? Yeah, it's a stretch big that can really make shots. I, I really love watching him and Isaiah Stevens play this year at Colorado State. Um, he can knock down shots, plays the game the right way, has a big, strong body. Um, you know, but again, for me, if Alondis Williams is sitting there at 31, there's no <laughs> way that I'm that I'm even conserving anybody else other than Alondis or Wendell Moore at 31. All right. Well, that's, that's definitely noteworthy to keep an eye because, I mean, at 31, it's always like – so, like, I've seen Bryce McGowan's constantly yes. um, mock to the Pacers there at 31. I, I think some people believe he might be a first-round pick and, yeah. and creep up the board. Is that how you're feeling about him? I love Bryce McGowan's. I think his – I mean, I, I watched his tape, and he was probably one of the more exciting players in all of college basketball. A lot of people didn't see because Nebraska didn't win a lot of games, right? But mm-hmm. when you break down his film – um he is prototypical he 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 got a first round grade from me six 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 seven um can really do a lot of things um I I I like him a lot I really do I think you know you had Keegan Murray and you had Jaden Ivey and um and you had you know Johnny Davis but Bryce McGowan's shouldn't take no backseat to those guys when when it comes to offensive um flair in the Big Ten last year I just think his his team his lack of team winning yeah. um, kind of buried who he was as a player, but he's fantastic. Yeah. And, and I think that's another good pivoting point here to bring up a guy that maybe made the wrong decision on what team he went to. And that's Patrick Baldwin Jr. Went to Milwaukee to play for his dad. His dad got fired. He didn't play very well, got hurt. And he was somebody that was projected in the lottery before the season started. And now he's kind of fallen out of that lottery and he's, mocked most places in that 15 to 30 range it's kind of all over the place for Patrick Baldwin Jr but six foot ten and a half small forward power forward I mean this is a guy that I think could be really enticing if he's able to get into the right system yeah I think he's a system player um a lot of times we we put um you know we put too much value on college basketball some guys are just not built to play at the college level and their games are more condition for the pro game. And I think Baldwin just kind of got dealt a bad hand. Some injuries hit him, you know, playing at a mid-major school. The the defensive coverages were geared to stop him. Um, and he struggled a bit, you know, and that happens. But he still has some pro ability. I love his size. Um, kind of has some Michael Porter Jr. flashes in him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's going to be – you know, it's going to be important for him to go to the right team and, and given the right opportunity for people to see um, if he really can hold his own at the NBA level. Yeah, I, I do believe that he could be something. I, I'm just not sure if he gets drafted to the wrong spot. I think it could hurt him. But like you said, I do believe in his game still. And I'm I'm interested to see what he could do, because if he falls to 31 for some reason, like I think the Pacers would be dumb to pass on him just because I feel like they need that position, too. And if he's able to kind of just. I think he would fit well alongside Tyrese Halliburton because Halliburton is such a willing passer and I I could, I like that fit, but a couple other names here in this second round that I've kept my eye on throughout the process. One that was kind of a late addition was Leonard Miller. This is a kid that, you know, during the draft combine, I heard a lot of negative stuff. Didn't look like he was ready yet. You know, slow release on his shot. He shoots kind of funky, but he's a very intriguing player. What do you know about Leonard Miller and what do you think about his uh, uh, 
readiness for the NBA? Uh, I, I think that's a, another one of those mystery box players. You yeah. know, I, I, can't, I don't really want to dig too deep into <laughs> that pick. If you really want to know about a lot of these prospects, you can go to my website, sportstalk2319.com, and you can get my prospect guide. So I don't want to give all of my information out right, right. on every single player, but he's, a, he's kind of a mystery box player for me. Okay. Yeah. And I, and that I won't want to take too much away. The other player I was going to bring up was Jabari Walker. This is a guy that I really fell in love with towards the end of the season because, you know, he shot the ball lights out and on tankathon, he's projected to go to the Pacers with that last pick in the draft. That they also have that they acquired in a trade um, that previously belonged to the Phoenix Suns. So uh, it'll be interesting though, to see what happens here with all of these prospects. So with that being said, uh, you know, is there anything else that you would like to bring up in terms of the draft that we haven't hit on so far? No, I think we've touched on everything. It's, it's going to be an exciting um, the, the, the lead up to it. And uh, I, I like where the Pacers sit at six and 31. I believe that I trust I trust the front office. I think they're going to make the right choices and get the right players. And um, the team will start to go in the right direction. Yeah. And, and in terms of the direction, do you think Rick Carlisle is the right answer for this young group going forward? Because you know, he's spent a lot of time in the league, and I don't really think they signed him on here for a massive rebuild, but, you know, it could kind of benefit them to continue to rebuild this next season and, and get ready for that 2023 NBA draft as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I've been knowing Carlisle for a long time, and, um, you know, I, when you look at the NBA today, a lot of these teams are starting to go with younger coaches, um, former players. You look at the Lakers, just got Darvin Ham, um, the Pelicans, took, you know, uh, hired Willie Green, you know, so you, you got to start looking at the, the the surroundings and what the NBA is starting to do. And they start to find the younger, you know, energetic players that um, that are evolving with the game. So I think Carlisle is a, a, a solid choice for the time being, but going down the line, I think they're going to have to find, you know, one of those younger coaches um, with a lot of energy to kind of push the envelope forward for the Indiana Pacers. All right, man. Well, before I let you go, I want you to kind of talk about your new book that's coming out. And I, I think it's going to be awesome. I'm going to play your commercial for it at the end of the episode. But can you go ahead and tell a little uh, people a little bit more about your book and why they should make sure they pre-order it? Yeah, the, the, the name of my book is The Evolution is Being Televised. It's uh, a, a position metric, really um, updating the, the position. You know, when you look at the game today, um, it has evolved and outgrown the traditional five position slots of so point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. When you look at today's player, um, a lot of these kids have different type of skill traits that that the game didn't even possess, you know, 30, 40 years ago. You look at a Steph Curry, he doesn't fit none of the traditional five positions. That's why I call him a hybrid guard. You look at LeBron James who doesn't fit any of the traditional positions. He's a dual forward and Giannis is a dual forward. So if you've been listening to me um, through this um, podcast with, with you, Alex, you, you've heard me use some of the terms like a Jaden Ivey's a hybrid guard. And my book kind of gives you the origin of all of these new updated positions. And, um, and it kind of chronicles where the game started and where the game is today. So that's why it's called The Evolution is Being Televised. You can pre-order it on my website, sportstalk2319.com. That's that's great. And I think you're 100% right because so often we get caught up in, oh, well, he's not a true center or he's not a true four. It's just like, yeah, but he's really good at basketball, so why does it matter? You know, put the best five players out there and figure it out. And 
I do think that it has kind of uh, diminished the all NBA awards too. I don't know if you feel that same way, but I agree. You know, it's like you look at two of our top three MVP candidates were centers and well, you can only have one center on your ballot. So then Joel Embiid kind of gets snubbed, has to go to second team because Jokic gets voted first team and he gets MVP. I think that they should just do away with that. It, it breaks tradition, so to say, but who cares? I, I think as the league continues to evolve, I think the awards and stuff like that should evolve as well. I agree, Alex. Well said. In sports, proper identity is key. We celebrate players. We glorify their existence. We marvel at their talent. And we cherish the moments that they give us. But the game that they are playing goes deeper than the surface we see. Who are they? What are they? Positions were given out to players over 70 plus years ago, and we've identified them with these labels? But we've ignored a huge component that plays a part in the world we live in. And that is evolution. In this book, Rashad takes us on an exciting journey in which he tells us the stories of these players. He identifies them properly and dissects the game from where it was to where it is today. He shares never-before-heard stories of the game's greatest players and rearranges the legacies of many with his new position chart. I'm Rashad Phillips, and it brings me great joy to present to you my new book. Not only do I discuss the anatomy of the game through my position metric, but I echo the stories of the past and current greats through my own experiences. I also discuss the evolution of the game, where it was, where it is today, and where it's going tomorrow. The evolution will be televised. Talk soon. Well, make sure you guys check out Rashad on Twitter at RP3Natural. You guys can check us out on Twitter at Setting the Pace 3. I'm over at Alex Golden MBA. We will talk to y'all later this week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.